Hey everybody, welcome to Dark Slayers Podcast with Doug and Brad. Hello! So last week we pretty much talked about just games we've been playing. Uh, this week we're actually going to start talking about news again. We haven't talked about news in... Like months. Month. Yeah. This is the, the first time... Game of the... This is the first time we've done a full, real episode in a while. Yeah, I think what happened was, like, we kept... Because what would happen is, like, there'd be, like, a PSX or something like that where just be... So we'd just be talking about news. And then we, like, didn't talk about games we played, so we, then we'd just talk about games we played, and we kept going back and forth. So I don't think we haven't done... We've done, haven't done a mixed one in a while. So this is a normal episode. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so as always, we always start our, our podcast with uh, games we've been playing. And this week I got to hang out with Brad a little bit and some of our uh, uh, college friends. And I got to actually play a little bit of Xenoblade. And I guess we got to play. It's we played so Xenoblade. good. It is so good. I would just I, like uh, to, I, I think I tweeted this, but I would just like to formally state on a podcast, I really wish I would have played this three months ago so we could have talked about this as being the best game of last year, because it's probably the best game of last year. But you're, you're not, you can't say that yet. You're only like five hours. It could no, suck. No, I'm, don't know. I'm, it could 15, suck I'm 15 hours into it, which is more time than I put into Until Dawn. <laughs> <laughs> Like, double the time of Until Dawn. That's such an unfair way to describe Until Dawn. <laughs> it's double the time of Until Dawn. I think that's perfectly fair, because that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I got to play this game. I think, Brad, you talked a, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I think you just started then, and then uh, we actually got to start playing this. Man, I people have been talking a lot about Xenoblade, I think, for a while, because when it came out on Wii, there was like, a big push for it, and a lot of people were talking about it then. And I, in the back of my head, always I always get really hesitant when people... Because with Undertale, I was like super hesitant. I was like, oh, maybe this game isn't as awesome as people talk about. Xenoblade Chronicles X is freaking mind-blowing. That game is so far ahead, in some regards, than like tons of other games I've played. I couldn't believe that, like... Do you know what it looked like? It kind of looked like Final Fantasy XV. Like, everything I've seen for Final Fantasy XV so far, we're like walking around an open world and seeing creatures and then getting into battles. Like, this already does it, and yeah. it looks better. Like, well, I don't know I don't if it know. looks better, but it does it, and it does it really, really well. And this mm. is one of the few games I've ever found where I am perfectly happy just wandering around and not doing anything. There will be, I mean, an hour or two where I'll just sit there and go, I've never been to this corner here. I wonder what's up there. And then you just start wandering that way, and you find all this cool stuff, and you find these cool new monsters, and everything in there is just so well done. Everything makes sense. and the way it's laid out, you always kind of have an idea of where you're supposed to be. So right now I'm around level 20 or 25, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And I can always tell like when there's an area like, oh shit, not supposed to be here yet. Uh, like yesterday I ran into this bridge and there are two just giant ass level 40 monsters just chilling on this bridge. <laughs> up to this mountain. It's like, well, man, it'll be really cool when I can get to the top of that mountain. But it's not going to be today because that's going to beat the living shit out of me. Well, kind of. I mean, you can just run past stuff. I like when I was playing, like, because I didn't, I didn't, I was not a huge fan of the battle system. I, didn't, I, to be fair, I didn't get enough time to play. That is a super weird battle system for that type of game. Yeah, like, and not something I was expecting. And you just jumped in with my like at that time like level fifteen character and yeah, had no tutorial, no anything, and just like ran right in, just like here, Doug, play this damn game because it's awesome. Yeah, so I, so I got no comments on that, but I thought it was kind of cool because like even if there was like a level fifty guy, you could you could run past him if you wanted to. Like I was definitely running into some high level areas I probably wasn't supposed to be in, <laughs> but you can do it. I thought it was super cool that uh, this was I I don't know what it was, but I don't know why a lot of other games don't do this. But the animal like most of the like a large percent of the animals do not outright attack you. 
which I thought was really, really cool. And I thought it was kind of like a weird thing, because if you think about like pretty much any game ever, like monsters immediately, like Bloodborne, every game, like every monster immediately attacks you. Almost every game, like that's like a, just a general trope, like ever since we had Goombas and like Super Mario yeah. NES, like every enemy immediately wants to kill you. And this one, it's like, it they don't. A lot of them don't. Most of them don't. And you can just sit there and like wander around just like, you can't interact with them, which it doesn't, it's like such a minor thing. But like, this kind of reminded me, I was getting like Pokemon Snap feelings. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, they, somebody actually did it. <laughs> like they did it. They did another poke. Not, not Pokemon Snap, but it's like that sort of just like fauna living in the environment and you don't have to kill everything. Yeah. And not everything wants to kill you. Yeah. And there's actually a couple story elements that play into that. There's what are called tyrants, which are the big giant monsters you have to go and kill. And those ones are like, supposedly the angry monsters and they're the ones mm-hmm. that are really pissed that you're imposing on their territory so there's some story explanation for how these things work there's also a couple of i just had a it was a side mission uh the other day where you come to this thing and it's like the mission is all these monsters keep showing up around town like we need to figure out what to do they're getting closer and closer can you go hunt them down and kill them yeah so you get out there and what the first one attacks you and you kill it and after you like walk past it it's like keep going to the cave there's more of them. we know there's more of them you walk in and there's a bunch of like little ones and the dude just comes over your comments like, oh, it was just a mom protecting her babies. Like, oh, totally up to you. You know, I don't want to force you into slaughtering these animals that they are coming close to the city, but we can figure out another way to deal with them. So either come back or take care of them right now. It's completely up to you. Oh, that's kind of cool. I didn't know. I didn't know. That. I like I didn't get any of the story when I was playing. That's really, that's you didn't him. you didn't do a single mission. This is Doug literally <laughs> fast traveled to the middle of the map, held down sprint, and went, ooh, oh, oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just cool. It's a, The thing is, like, if you think about most open world games, like, you sort of have, because a lot of them, I think, are based in, like, familiar environments, like, like okay, Grand Theft Auto is, like, the perfect example. Like, it's set in New York, or it's set in San Francisco, or it's, not San Francisco, it's set in L.A. So, like, you're excited to explore to see these areas that are kind of, like, other areas that you're familiar with, or, like, Witcher is kind of like, ooh, I wonder what kind of I oh, I can't wait to explore a castle, but this one like you I don't know like you I had no idea what to expect when you're wandering around like the environments are like really really crazy looking that they're not just like there is a desert quote unquote but there's this huge ancient ruins like gigantic I will talk about that in a second I want to talk about the scale in a second <laughs> um, but I thought it was just weird because it's like it's definitely one of the few few open world games I've few probably the only fantasy open world game like I've ever played. I mean, fantasy in, like, a more general sense, not fantasy in, like, Western fantasy. Like, it was crazy because you really didn't know. it. You, I feel like you were saying, like, oh, I don't know. I want to explore so much. It's because you really don't know what's going to be there. Like, at all. Like, Just Cause 3, it's going to be, okay, it's probably going to be more jungle stuff. There's probably be some kind of small, neat stuff. But this one, it's just, like, really, really weird creatures, really, really, really strange environments, like, really weird ruins. Yeah, the only, I don't know. the only other one I can think of that's like that is Mass Effect to a certain extent. Mass Effect does it on a much smaller scale. You can yeah. talk about scale in a second. But most games, even you mentioned The Witcher and Assassin's Creed, those feel like they're set in much more known environments. I know yeah. or have a picture in my mind of what 1800s Europe looked like. I have a picture in my yeah. mind of what a more Western style elves and dwarves fantasy world is i'm not there's nothing that's going to be overly shocking in there there'll be some cool monster designs there'll be some cool castles there'll be some cool environments but this just has that feeling of i go to a new place i don't know what's going to be there i don't know what it looks like i don't know are there going to be a new there's as you go through you discover there's several different species and all these things are kind of interconnected i don't know what's Mm going to be there one of the ones i know that doug was looking at was it's 
either the second or third, depending on which way you want to run when you start, you mm. basically walk into this big neon forest, and everything is oh, yeah. bright yeah. pink and bright green and bright blue, and it's off just your generic plane. But you go through just like kind of this valley, and it just opens up. And I remember walking in the first time, just going like, "Holy shit! What the fuck is this? <laughs> like, I have no clue what was in there." And it's just this crazy gorgeous environment that's something i never would have pictured in this game because you're thinking traditional fantasy plains mm-hmm. jungle snowland desert you're not thinking yeah. giant bright neon forest yeah i man can we talk about the scale for a second because i thought that was because you're saying the bright bright giant forest because when you walk in that forest it's like gigantic it kind of looks like kind of reminded me of actually um alice i guess well, like, I'm trying to think of games like super crazy environments. Yeah, I just yep, wasn't a expecting bit. a super crazy environment from a JRPG. Um, but yeah, like I was talking about the scale before, like, I think the first, I I think you, you sent me to the first area, just kind of like, here, Doug, why don't you play around the first area first? And there's just like a dinosaur, like, in yeah. the biggest scale I think I've ever seen in any, like, in any game ever. Like, you, you're, and it's not just like, it's, I'm sure it's a boss character, kind of, but it's just sort of wandering around. I feel like a lot of games would be like, it, it, like God of War, probably a good example. Like if anything's big, it's gonna start attacking me. They have this like big blah blah blah, and it's a really impressive. But it's I think it's almost more impressive just to see this giant beast just sort of existing and just kind of like drinking from water, just kind of walking around and and just the I, fact I that know. you can like run through its legs and nothing happens. And it it just gives me this like the first time I did that gave me this Jurassic Park sense of like I'm just running around looking at dinosaurs right now. Like that's what I'm doing <laughs> is I'm running around looking at dinosaurs. And mm-hmm. you can see just these giant things. And the one you're talking about, I think, was the, oh, God, what the hell is the, the long neck. That was his name in Land Before Time. I can't remember the dinosaur name. But anyway. Brachiosaurus, kind of. Brachiosaurus, I think. Yeah, Brachiosaurus. But anyway, there's dozens and dozens of those things in this game. So you saw one, but that plains area that you start in, you can go almost anywhere in there and find a couple. So it's yeah, not even yeah. like it's a boss character, it's this one singular dinosaur. It's clearly a species, and these species have different areas that they go to, and just even with scale, the size of mountains and things, and the way some of these things are set up and designed, it's just amazing the way it looks. Like, when you run up to a waterfall, it is gigantic, and it looks gigantic, yeah. and it's like, there's no way in hell I'm ever going to get up there. But then you can. Like, you do eventually yeah. get to that thing. I, I thought that I thought that was really impressive, because, like, I I wasn't expecting it to be open open world. Like I was like, okay, it's an open world game, but it's like, no, it is open open. Like it, I I don't know. It's there's just some sort of like verticality that you wouldn't expect from a like an open world game. I mean, you think of like Grand Theft Auto. There's always like the mountain. Uh, just cause is kind of a weird example because that game's like just that game mountains all over the place. But I I don't know. I just I was just surprised like that that's because you don't expect it from JRPGs, I guess. No, and you don't expect that sort of level of detail. And that sort of design environment in an open world and seeing it applied to an open world is just like damn impressive. And like literally everything I was excited about, like playing Final Fantasy 15, I've played in this game. And I found like, like I kind of want to play more of this game than I do Final (laughs) Fantasy 15 now. But yeah, I don't know. Just everything about the game is impressive. I really, I really like the size of the, the ruins and stuff like that. Cause usually when I think of like games with like ruins, like it's like, okay, you go into a cave and there's sort of like, there's people-sized things, like, yeah. there's people-sized art, like, relics and stuff like that. But in this, like, it looks like there's some sort of ancient civil- like civilization of giants. I don't know wh- yeah. I, I don't know if that is the story. I, it probably isn't. But, like, just, like, a statue is, like, a skyscraper size. Or, yeah. like, a piece of machinery is, like, goes up and, like, touches the sky. It's, like, it's so crazy. And even, I think you did a little bit of this. As you're exploring, you can find chunks of your life raft that crashes on Mira. 
and those pieces are to scale and you're researching them and you'll run up to an engine of a spaceship and it takes you a good 15 20 seconds to run around the engine of a spaceship because it is the size of an engine of a spaceship yeah yeah yeah. it's just <sighs> it's so crazy how well done this game is and i'm like i said i think i don't even know 15 20 hours into it i'm around level 20 yeah. 25 about halfway through the story and mm-hmm. i i every second i want to play this game and yeah it's so good yeah i really hope that because i feel like um like, because Witcher won a bunch of Game of the Year awards, people are going to start noticing Witcher. It's like, oh, we got to put more dialogue in our games and stuff like that, which I don't I don't deny. Like, from what I play, The Witcher it does have, like, some really cool dialogue options and stuff like that. But I feel like this game is, like, monumental in what it does. Like, that could change games if more people took notice. Yeah. Like, if, I, I don't know, I, I really hope people, t- I really hope Western devs take notice of this game because, man, does it do some cool stuff that I've just never seen before. Oh, yeah, for sure. We'll probably be talking. I guess you'll be talking. That'll probably be like kind of a. This is, a this is about impression. the only. I'm 20 hours in, and I've got another 50 to go. So this will probably be about the only game I'm playing for the next two <laughs> weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We kind of like in the last episode we started talking about all the games we played, which is kind of dumb. That was a dumb thing to do. We probably shouldn't have done like every game we played. And this week we're like, what did we play this week? It's like, oh, I play a little bit of Xenoblade. So we're probably gonna be playing like, a little bit of games, but like I just got into Destiny, and I feel like that's just gonna be a rabbit hole of oh, yes, uh, issues. Of like just time time sync and I'm really enjoying it actually. But anyway, Brad, you did play another game though, and so I'm gonna take a quick break and you're gonna just start talking. Maybe I'll turn on my Vita and play some Castlevania. <laughs> so, <laughs> just talk about NHL. Tell me when you're done. <laughs> yeah. So basically, my past two weeks have been the time sync of Xenoblade and NHL. But mm. NHL 16, it was on sale. It's 25 bucks. It's always on sale after Christmas, which is normally when I buy it. Cause it's always like 25 bucks right after Christmas. Oh, so, that's weird. Is that like consistent? Yeah, like the last three years, I've got it for between twenty and thirty bucks. The end of December, beginning of January. Oh, that's wait. When do they come out? Sorry, this is more interesting than anything else. <laughs> <I can> say. <laughs> Go back to Castlevania, Doug. No, it comes out in. Uh, it's normally early September. It's normally like three weeks after Madden, and that's normally. See, my thought with this is, and it works perfectly, is Madden just takes up all football season, which is only like four months long. The mm-hmm. NHL season's like eight months long, so I'm really getting this game halfway through the NHL season for half price. Ah, so I'll bet, I'll bet they do. I'll bet that actually is that that is interesting. I didn't know that's just, that's surprised how fast that game drops, and if that does it like yearly, that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah, anyway, continue. I mean, but most <laughs> but most sports games like Madden, you can normally find for thirty five or forty once it gets to November. It's like as the season goes on, the likelihood of people buying that just decreases because oh, uh, you know. I mean, come. I bought it in January. I already know in September the next one comes out, so I'm limiting the amount of time this game is relevant. Oh, okay. I guess that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's as, such a weird. That's, those as, are such weird games that like they're like just wholly unique in that yearly sort of yeah franchise. But yeah, yeah I mean, because as soon as it hits August, nobody's going to buy this game anymore. It's going to be ten bucks yeah. at GameStop and a dollar fifty used. Mm-hmm. And I think they realize it, so it's like, oh well, we'll just slowly drop the price, so that way we can still get people to buy it that wouldn't normally buy it. But mm-hmm. anyway, last year about this time, it was one of my first couple episodes, I think. I talked about mm-hmm. how much I disliked NHL 15 because NHL 15 was clearly the first game on the new systems thing where they like strip everything off, and it's like you can play hockey or you can play hockey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can move a player from a different team if you really want to. 
Mm. But this went back to what I love about NHL games, and it's so much more prevalent in NHL than any other sports game I've played, is the ungodly amount of modes. Before we started this, I actually told Doug, I actually need to load this game up, because I feel like I don't even know half the stuff in this game, and I probably put 20 hours into it. But oh, gee, yeah. there are so many different ways to play this, and I mean, obviously it comes down to there's a really solid game of hockey in this. The hockey works great, the physics are great. It looks beautiful, all of those things, but just the amount of different stuff you can do. I mean, you can set it up so you're a coach. You can set it up so you're the general manager. You can set it up so you're a player, and that's always one of my favorite ones because it's just you play as your player, and you go out for your shift, you come back, you simulate to your next shift, you go back, you play, and hmm. it grades everything out, and you gain experience. It's basically hockey, the role-playing game. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Wait, that's actually really... Can't wait, is there like an online mode of that? Yeah, there is. So that's the uh, EA Sports Hockey League, E-A-S-H-L. Okay. For uh, <laughs> If you want to be quick about it. But yeah, so what that does, and I haven't even messed with that because normally I do that with a couple of people who haven't bought PS4s yet or don't have this game. So, But that one, basically the way it works is you make your player and then you join a club. And your club, as long as you have two or more people playing on your club, you each get a position. And oh, you play against neat. other clubs and it basically stacks it so each... Like I said, I haven't touched it in this one yet, but in the older ones, it was always each month is a season. Mm -hmm. You play through that season, and at the end of the month, there's always a tournament. So you get ranked based on how your team did that time. And over the next week, you play games in a tournament sense to see who's like the champion of the league or whatever. Oh, okay. That's but, oh, that's actually really. Can you get like you can't do like I don't know how many people are on a hockey team. <laughs> like, you can't you can't fill your you can't fill like your entire roster with like real people though. Yes, I you imagine. Got, yep. So Damn. you could, I mean, so the way I had it before is like an NHL 14, which was the last game I had that had this mode really well mm -hmm. done. There were I think 13 of us on the club, and yeah. as, and as long as two or more people are online at the same time, you can play a game. So you can. No, but I'm saying, can you play like can you have like 13 people online? That's my question. You can, well, you can only have you, there's only six positions in a game, so you oh, can have six okay. six <laughs> people playing at once. So you have three forwards, two defensemen, and a goalie. Okay, Doug's good. But at you can have can you have six on six? That's my question. Yeah. Yep fill out both oh, teams cool. you can play the whole thing everybody gets their position you play the whole yeah that'd be crazy that actually sounds that sounds awesome there's a ton of like, hard to organize i imagine oh yeah <laughs> it's it's like playing four versus four rocket league where it's like eh, you kind of got a spot you're supposed to be and you're kind of trying to get the ball that way yeah and a whole bunch of shit's going on in the middle <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i mean there's tons of stuff in this and it's just, it's an awesome game. I love NHL. NHL is easily probably, in my mind, the best of all the sports franchises year in and year out. Mm. It's got the ultimate team, which is kind of the deck building game. So, I mean, there's the card-based game in here where you get different cards and you get points to open new packs of cards and you build your team up. And Real real quick question about that. I thought you hated that Madden because you, cause you kept running into people who bought all the cards. I did. But Madden works a lot differently than this because Madden, basically, you get, if you get three or four good players, you're set. Whereas in NHL, your lines shift so much that you really need to have oh. eight or nine good players to be able to oh, do okay. it. And in NHL, I feel like the players vary a little bit more. If you're playing with a shitty quarterback in Madden, you are playing with a shitty quarterback who's not going to do shit. Versus mm -hmm. in this, you're playing with a shittier player, but it's not quite as bad as if you were in Madden. And oh, okay. in this game... Uh, again, I think I had a lot of like legacy things, so I started with a little bit of a better team. But it's the prices match more in my mind what they should be, and it makes sense. And there's auctions where you can actually buy a fairly decent player 
for a decent mm. amount. So it levels off a lot to the point where I can have a very average team very, very quickly. It's hard to get a really, really good team, but an average team is easy to do. Oh, okay. Okay. Where in, uh, every time there's any sort of like microtransaction stuff, it always makes me flinch. It's, I mean, I've done it for forever and have never once bothered with a microtransaction thing. I mean, you can, okay. but there's really no reason to. Yeah. I mean, unless you like just want to like, oh, I want all of these players right now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, much better than last year. Definitely a huge improvement. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's hockey. I feel like a lot of people, I feel like nobody who like last year is like, this game sucks. I'm never buying NHL again. They're like, oh, let's get the next year. <laughs> yep. Well, I, I, didn't, no, no, but I didn't say I'd never get this again. I said, I understand what it is because you get the new generation and it's always, well, we got to focus on gameplay first and throwing in all the rest of this shit becomes a secondary thing. So I feel like in development, yeah. it's more of a, how do we go about making a great game of hockey and what else can we happen to jam in here before we need to get this thing out the door? Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's kind of, I mean, I guess, I guess I should probably treat it like any other, like, sort of first year game where it's like, we just need to get our engine working sort of thing. Yeah. Like, and I then mean, we can add the features. I mean, it kind of sucks. Like, I wish that, ga- I wish those games. games were like 40 bucks though, instead of like 60. Like, you kind of know, it's like, well, guys, it's not as good as it's going to be. It'll be, they'll be better later, but like right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the first one and it's really pretty and you've never played it on your PS4 before. So yeah. It's like 60 bucks right now. Uh, I guess I mean, actually, I would actually say that's a relevant argument. <laughs> I agree. Because they're, they're, I could see that. Oh, Ooh. are you done with NHL talk? <laughs> yeah, no, I just happened to open this up, and somewhere I don't have enough coins to buy a gold pack. Yay. Oh God! See, that sort of talk scares the crap out of me. But, but no, 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 you earn, you earn, <laughs> you earn them from playing games. Like I, the last time I played this, I must have earned a bunch, and I don't buy any ever. But you, but you can, right? Oh, I can, yeah, but I'm not going to. Well, yeah. what's actually really weird in this, and it's kind of an interesting idea, is they actually have a button that just says "earn." ultimate team coins and you click it and you can pick like three commercials every day and if you watch a commercial you get like 200 coins <laughs> god dang it i get which, it I... which i understand but like at the same time i'm like oh yeah i'm totally gonna turn this 30 second commercial on to get my 50 coins right now yeah actually actually i'm having flashbacks this was this was actually way worse um wipeout hd uh like when it came out, didn't have this, but like there was like one of those like update things during loading screens. You'd you'd watch random commercials for stuff. Oh god, it was so bad. And sometimes because they had to have an internet connection, like sometimes it'd take a while to load the commercial. So the game would like it's like the loading line, the loading times extended, and you also had to watch a commercial. It was it was garbagey. It sucked. Damn. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is it is the hockey ultimate team presented by Honda. So I mean, there you go. Oh god. So if you like car <sighs> commercials. See, you don't play sports games. It's so integrated now that I just don't even care. Because it's like, yeah, 14 years ago, Snickers was sponsoring touchdowns. And, like, great. And you had the Old Spice Red Zone. Like, it's this, I think it's, it gets away with it more in sports games because if you turn on a sports game, that's what you get. It's, no, I guess let's that's get true. Our it's got like, a fresh yeah. set of downs. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it is kind of complaining about, like, uh, like a NASCAR game having too much advertising or something exactly. like that. So it's like, it's, oh, I, it's, I guess, eh, yeah. it's iffy. It's one of those things where it's a fine line between having it and not having it. Yeah. I guess that's true. I remember as a kid, like I was super excited when Jet Moto had like a Mountain Dew bike. <laughs> um, actually, in my head, like I feel like the only way Jet Moto would ever get made again is that you that you make a Jet Moto game. It's free to play. But, like every character is like from a different advertiser. So you have like Pepsi guy, you have like, coke guy 
Like, that would be amazing. They're never like, going to do that. But oh, I, I God, like the better. Doritos games where you've got the different Doritos cars. You've got the yeah, nacho cheese car and the cool but, ranch but, car. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. Like, if it's a futuristic racer game, like, I guess that would sort of make sense. Like, you know, it would, it would make sense for them to have that sort of thing if it was set in the real. I don't know. That's just me rambling. I just really want a Jet Moto. I don't even like Jet Moto that much. I just like the idea of a Jet Moto. <laughs> So you're gonna be so like, you're gonna end up being with me with amplitude. Where it's like, oh man, I can't wait for new amplitude. Like, I played the demos, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Oh, I do want to make a, so I guess a quick correction. My amplitude impressions, like I actually did finish the game. I I unlocked like most of the songs, if not all of them. That game is awesome. That game is straight awesome. I I really really like it a lot. I hope I hope some DLC. They've said that no DLC is coming out, which is kind of a bummer. But that is a damn good game. If you have any interest in amplitude, it's totally worth. I I felt like I got twenty bucks out of it. That game is like perfectly priced. If it's 20 bucks, or if you're like, maybe I'll get a sale, like, as soon as that game's on sale, I'll just pick that game up. Very, very good. I think I had some minor complaints last time about the music and stuff, but as I started unlocking the bonus songs and getting farther and farther the game, there's some really cool songs in there. Yeah, I, I think people will forever complain about the the lack of songs, because the only other games to compare to really are Rock Band and Guitar Hero. It's just not going to beat those. Yeah. But I think the, the aesthetic kind of makes that game, and I think it's more interesting to look at than anything else <laughs> out there, music, rhythm, game-wise. I put another half hour into those demo songs the other day, too. See, but fuck, <laughs> it. But Xenoblade. Yeah, but you're already putting time into Amplitude anyway. Yeah, but just like 20 minutes here and there. If I buy it, I'm going to feel that's like ex- I need That's to how you now. play Amplitude. <laughs> that's how Amplitude is played. No, no, no. no. You, I'm going to do it the same way I did with Rock Band, and that's I'm going to play it in like eight-hour sessions. That's how I played through Rock Band is I sat down and did it until my hand started cramping and went, ah, shit, all right, time for something different. You're not. I don't think you're gonna play. Amplitude is not a game you play in those sort of sessions. I, I know what you're. I get what you're saying, but it's it's not that kind of I, game. I've played it for probably four and a half hours in three sessions. <laughs> just god dang it, dude! Just whatever. Just get that game. Whatever it's on sale, I'll be. If I see it on sale and you don't get that, I will actually be mad at you. I know you will. Because I know you like the game. I do. Actually, this is really quick. I got a new TV because I was at Brad's house and I saw Brad had a nice TV. And this sounds kind of like I was jealous, you but were. I was not. I play. You were. No. What happened was I, <laughs> he was playing his PS4 and like the TV I've been playing my PS4 on was a 32-inch 720p TV. Ooh. And, uh, and we loaded up Bloodborne. And oh, I was God, just like, I Brad, I'm... I, Bloodborne. I, hate I know you hate Bloodborne. It's okay. I was like, oh, Brad, I'll just get you this boss. So I beat a boss for Brad. It's a boss I beat a few times. We already go through the game twice. And I, I sort of realized that, like, there's a lot of details and stuff that I hadn't seen before. There was, like, there was, like things in the cloth that I, I couldn't tell before. Like, the <laughs> monsters had, like, very cool details. And I was like, wow, I'm missing a lot. So so I got a TV and I went back and started playing all these old games. I feel I kind of feel like, finally feel like, oh, this is what next gen looks like. <laughs> <laughs> a year after you got your PS4, you're like, oh, these are pretty games, I guess. That's what people No, it's not like they about. weren't bad. Look, they were good looking games, but I was just like, oh, wow. This is like a whole generation leap. I can sort of understand. Like I, I booted up Journey, and I finally got nice headphones too. So I booted up Journey with nice headphones on a nice TV, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is <laughs> I don't know." I ugh, games are so fucking cool now. Like <laughs> they're just so cool. I feel like people aren't don't appreciate that. They're like, eh, "This game's okay, seven out of 10. I was like, "Did you even look at that game? Like that is a work of art." <laughs> It might not play great, but damn, it just looks good. <laughs> like, can't you just appreciate how good? It's not even like just That's graphics. That's why it's a seven like, oh. out of ten, not a two but, out of ten, because it looks pretty. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I feel like I feel like back in the day, we were always kind of like, oh, game game graphics are always good, but it's not even graphics, it's just like visual design. Like we were playing Xenoblade, like those monsters just are gorgeous looking things. 
And uh, I, I feel like people don't really appreciate that anymore. I feel like we're still, not that I don't think, gameplay is still to me very, very important, but I think that just the visual design of games today, like I feel like people don't give games enough credit for the way they look. Because people complained a lot about Battlefront and the content, and I don't doubt the content was, I'm sure, that, I'm sure, Brighton, I mean, you played, I play a little bit too at your house, and I was like, okay, yeah, there's definitely not enough maps here, there's definitely not enough, especially compared to the other games. But that game looks like Star Wars. Yep. Period. Absolutely. It, and I feel like people just like don't appreciate that. This, yeah, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying people need to appreciate graphics more. I think people need to appreciate the artistry that goes in the games. Sorry, that's my little rant. That has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, Doug bought a TV. Be happy for Doug. <laughs> no, I don't think you should be happy for. I, I think, I think that anytime I hear arguments like, "Oh, does 1080p really make a difference?" Like, yes, yes, it does. It absolutely does. There's no no question. I don't feel like anybody's <laughs> arguing about 1080p making a difference i yeah. think everybody's oh. kind of on board with that except you although I, w- I will say one thing i do not like that a lot of games now are designed with big tvs in mind because now i'm playing some games like oh i can actually read the font <laughs> i can actually that like i don't know i i guess most people have 50 inch tvs now i don't know but it's, i think it's really strange i don't like that a lot of games seem to be designed around you need a big tv i don't like that at all but it just um, makes them better so i would yeah but well, that's like why would it you does but it shouldn't be like your ps3 and port it to ps4 when you could design it for the PS4, why would you design something to play in 720p on a 20-inch TV when you could design it to play on a 1080p 62-inch Because I, I seriously doubt, but that's what I'm saying, I doubt most people have behemoth TVs. Like, True, I, I'm, again, not saying, like I'm not saying, you should. You can design a game for 1080p like that, I don't, that I don't have a problem with. I just have, like, designing for a 50-inch screen is weird because I don't think everybody has a 50-inch screen. Like, now I'm like, oh, wow, this is why these fonts are this size, but like there, I I don't know. I feel, like like, I feel like I feel like you're, but it's like shooting a movie in IMAX. Not everybody's gonna see it in IMAX, but it certainly makes things look better when you're using those fancy cameras and everything. No, it does, but you can still watch the movie like on a small screen. It's you not can like still you play the game on a small screen. You don't have trouble. Yeah, but you don't have trouble watching the movie. You're like, what? is that actually Christian Bale? Like, like you're not. <laughs> Dark Knight's like the only movie I can think of that was shot in IMAX. I'm <laughs> I was sure there's other say, ones. Like, Why the hell, Christian Bale? <laughs> But I'm saying it's like you don't have trouble like reading subtitles. Like that's a big issue that I've always had is like just subtitles and like sub like I, I couldn't play The Witcher. Like I was I was trying to play. I, I was actually going to boot up The Witcher. I haven't played it yet on my new TV, but I couldn't play it. I couldn't read things unless I was like a few inches away from the TV. And I just I I don't know. I think people need to be more conscientious of just people don't. Not every place on a big screen, and not everybody can has like perfect 2020 vision either. But but then you're going to get to the point where people are complaining like that's all the downgrading and the, all that kind of stuff that people talk about graphically is. Oh, you know what? If somebody came out and said, yeah, you're right, it doesn't look as pretty as it could, because we know not everybody has 50-inch TVs, so those of you with 50-inch TVs better shut your damn mouths, because other people are going to complain about it. No, this is this is mostly UI complaints. This is not, like, uh, this is not like graphics complaints. This is, like, UI but entirely. again, like, if you start making the text look different, like, it's optimized to run on this TV that people have. It's, like, again, I think of it like PC specs. Yeah. If you really want to play a game right, you're not going to go out and buy a $300 PC. No, but you can change the font size. Just I pretty like much only complain about the font size. If you're the right way, you're not going to buy a 30-inch TV. You're going to buy a 50-inch TV. It's the same idea. No, you're getting no, the same I mean, experience on the $300 one and the $2,000 one. The $2,000 one is just optimized. No, you should you should be able to change your font size. I mean, that's probably an option. <laughs> that's not though. <laughs> that's it what I'm saying. It's not an option. Probably be an option. Yeah. That should. That's all. That's pretty much all I'm saying. But, <laughs> like, if, you get, but if you put big ass font, one of my other friends in high school used to play games on a literally a 16 inch tv because that was what he had in his bedroom was like a little 16 inch tv yeah yeah and if the font's bigger then it's taking up half the screen so then well, you get those people complaining 
Well, there's uh, you could have options. All I'm saying <laughs> is I think there should be options. I, I, I think it's weird that games are designed for 50 inch TVs. That's all I'm going to say. I think it's strange that that I feel like because you're cutting out a lot, a large portion of your gaming. This is like the first. This is like the biggest TV I've ever seen in my life. No, I mean you're. I mean I've seen bigger TVs, but like not any that I've had ever had in this house. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't like that games are designed for big TVs. I like, well, but now that I have a big TV, it's like, oh, this is awesome. <laughs> they should all be designed exactly. Now you're going, oh, I understand why they're designed for big TVs because they look amazing on them. They do look amazing. I just feel like you're cutting out a large portion of your gaming population because I, I mean, everybody plays on shitty TVs for a long time. Yeah, but just because some people do doesn't mean that the rest of us have to do something else. No, but I, I think you should at least cater to some of those people sometimes. I'm just saying, just cater to everybody. You know, just broaden your audience. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Game I played? I don't know. I put play Journey for a bit. <laughs> it looked cool. Anyway, but me and me and Brad, this well, we're not gonna talk too much about this because I think me and Brad only got a few hours into this. But we'll probably be talking about Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Real quick impressions. Give give me like a sentence. I love it. I like it a lot better than Dracula X Chronicles. Okay, so to be fair, really quick here, this is the first actual Castlevania game you played in the more modern sense, other than. Dracula X Chronicles. You never played any of the Game Boy Advance ones. You never played any of the no. ones that actually have that Castlevania style of exploring the castle. No, no, this is yeah, this is like this is I, I'm more I'm less interested in that, more interested in the fact that it's like an action RPG because I am a sucker for action RPGs oh, uh, okay. with like yeah. stats and attacks and stuff like that. Yeah, although I find it like well, I thought Dracula X was way too hard. I find this game super super easy. How far? I, I don't know. How far are you? Like what area are you in? I don't know. I beat like three bosses without blinking. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm about two or three hours into it. I, like I just remember the original Castle, the Castlevania Dracula, the only one I ever played. Like I was just having a hell of a time, like just even getting through it. But this one, I'm just like destroying guys. I, I, so I don't know. Maybe I'm playing it wrong or something, or I'm just like maybe I accidentally over leveled or something like that. I don't know. Game's pretty cool. We'll talk about it later though. I think I, I don't think we have many more to say that Brad likes it. And, uh, yeah. and I mean, I've always yeah. loved these Castlevania games, and Symphony of the Night is one that I've never played, and I know it's like the best one. So yeah, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, so far from what I play, it's like, yeah, it's, I definitely can see why people like this game. So, after a half hour of rambling, uh, I guess we should actually get into news. <laughs> I mean, we talked about hockey, and they know yeah. for. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, anyway. Yeah, that was, that's crazy. That was like two games, two, essentially two games for like a half hour. <laughs> anyway, uh, so to some actual news, because this this episode we're actually going to talk about news. Whoa. Uh, the Divi- yeah, uh, Division gameplay came out. Uh, there's like a 15, I think the most extensive I could find was like a 15 minute, was it from like South of, South American Gamers or yeah, something? Yeah, that was definitely the uh, intro video that started that was the South America Gaming Journalist site or something. Yeah, so, but but we we watched it, which I, I want to talk about it mostly because... Can I already I guess what like, your complaint is? We haven't talked about this, but I already know what your complaint is. What's my complaint? The UI, because it's all over the fucking place. That's that's not my only complaint. That's my ba- that's my basic complaint with the Ubisoft games. Like I didn't expect it like to be any better. Like yeah, the U the UI is like the it's like it's the same thing as like Far Cry or Assassin's Creed, where there's just like way 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 too much of it. We I'm playing Destiny. I feel like Destiny has a shit ton of UI stuff, but I don't notice it as much. I don't, I don't know. Maybe the game just has a better integrate or something. Anyway, the reason I want to talk about the division is because this is one of those games that I feel like there's a big. A lot of people complain. Like people complain about uncharted because they're like nathan drake kills a lot of people how can he still be a good guy like it doesn't make sense and i, I can understand like for that sort of game it does kind of make sense because he's like an adventure game and there's some sort of like suspension of disbelief but i was watching the division 
like it's like an action RPG, but you're shooting like normal people. So like normal people are getting like five or six headshots with like little numbers above their head. And it just like it felt really didn't make any sense to me. Like I found it very, very confusing because like Destiny, I feel like it kind of makes sense because you're shooting aliens. So you can kind of accept like some aliens have better armor or something like that. But like when you're shooting people, like it doesn't make sense to have that sort of action RPG or just RPG in general of like stats and yeah. armor and things like that. Because if you shoot a guy five times in the face, like it doesn't matter if he's wearing, but it doesn't really matter what he's wearing. It's just, you shot a guy five times in the face, like a better bullet shouldn't matter in that case. Yeah. I don't know. This whole game, this is one of those games in my mind is essentially the same as Watch Dogs where it came out so early in development and it looks so gorgeous that it got so oh, many yeah. people's attention. If you put up what The Division now is and it's our first introduction to this game, nobody gives a shit. Uh... Do, you, do you disagree with that? <laughs> if you take no, away the first couple, like the first year they had that ungodly gorgeous trailer and it was one of the first like oh my god, that's got to be the next gen, that's so great, like, holy crap, yeah, yeah. like, I can't wait to play that. And now it just, it looks like Ubisoft squad-based shooter. There it looks like there is, there's that action RPG element that looks weird, but I feel like if you put up this gameplay that's out now, six months yeah. prior to the release, as the initial stuff for this game, nobody cares. But because it's got yeah. this four-year announcement cycle and the initial trailer is gorgeous and there's no gameplay really in it, or there is, but it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just like, I don't know. I feel like after watching this, I I don't plan on playing this game. It just looks like a it, it's a shooter. It's a squad shooter. There's nothing specific to it. Yeah, and it felt kind of weird because it felt like the tone sort of like really changed too. Like, uh, I felt like the original gameplay for the division was sort of like it's like very life or death. Like, oh, we really need to plan this as we go in. We really yeah. need to make yep. sure. But as soon as I see numbers pop up, and like uh, uh, Destiny again, it's, it just, I just finished playing Destiny right before I started <laughs> this talk podcast. Um, I feel like there isn't really. There's a lot of just like, oh my god, shit's going crazy. Got to shoot, 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 shoot. It's a lot of fun, but it feels like this kind of lost that tactical aspect of it. Yeah, it looks like it has more of that like kind of weird skirmishy. I don't know, like, the, the tone just seems completely different. It felt like the original ones showed this, like, really well, almost Rainbowy Six sort of tactical, you need to yep. think before you do. And this one is just, like, run in and start shooting, which I'm sure sells. I'm sure people like that, but... Yeah, I'm not saying this Hopefully, game would sell. Yeah. I'm saying this game would not be as big of a deal if it didn't have those initial trailers that were yeah. very vague in what this product was. And if you now seen the final product, because in my mind, when I saw that one, oh, man, that game looks like it's going to be crazy good. Yeah, but I yeah. don't pre-order stuff four years in advance. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? Now seeing this, if I would have pre-ordered that game two, three, however many years ago it was, there's no, I'd be canceling my pre-order. This is not a game I need to pay $60 for. You, you know what I think happened? was originally sold. You know what I'm thinking about? So I think they got away with it with Watch Dogs, but what, what I think happened with, with Watch Dogs, like, we didn't really know that it wasn't going to look good until they started showing a lot of gameplay. Yeah. And then everybody got really mad. It's like, oh, there's a huge Watch Dog downgrade. But I think they released the Division trailer, like the initial trailer, before all that backlash happened. So yeah, they couldn't take was... back, you know, they couldn't take back that original trailer. So I, I got to assume Ubisoft is done doing this. And I'm thinking, because was, was it this E3 or last year E3 where they did the new Ghost Recon trailer at the end? I don't remember what it was. Um, yeah, but, that, but actually, that was, I was just about to talk about that. Yeah, that was my next, my next yeah. If you compare the way that that trailer looked, where it had like pre-alpha gameplay stamped all over it, and the yeah, way yeah. that trailer lo looked versus the way the Division trailer looked on its initial like end of E3 conference video, 
Yeah. The Ghost Recon one did not get nearly as much hype as the Division one did because that game looks like the game that's going to come out. I saw that one. Yeah. Man, that's pretty. That's what that game's going to look like. That's what that game's going to be about. Now, the Division came out (laughs) and Again, I'm not saying, like, downgrade. I don't really care too much about downgrading anything. I'm saying style, feeling of the game, those types of things are very different from what that initial trailer conveyed to now. So I think that's why Ghost Recon doesn't have this crazy huge buzz about it. Like, when's Ghost Recon? I honestly kind of forgot it existed until we started talking about this stuff. But yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, though. But like, okay, you're a publisher. Do you, but you want to bring buzz about this game. Do you risk the backlash of downgrade and things like what we're talking about now to get at least people talking about to begin with? Because right now, yeah, people aren't talking about that Ghost Recon game. When you saw it, I was like, it looks, it looks okay. It looks pretty good. That like, that looks plausible. It doesn't look any different than the the Division does. The current gameplay for the Division looks very similar to what we saw of Ghost Recon. They're probably running on a similar engine, probably not the exact same, but they look similar. And the Division has the buzz because of that initial trailer that, you know, could be taken as being misleading. Yeah, I'd I'd rather have a game have an uninspiring trailer and then come out and then blow everybody away than a game where everybody's like, oh, this game's going to be awesome, this game's going to be awesome, and then then they start releasing and you're like, oh, this doesn't look as good as I thought it would. But but as a publisher, I mean, it makes sense. I can understand why Ubisoft would do stuff like this too. It's just like it sucks. Like it's just one of those kind of like, uh, you need to sell. You at the end of the day, you do need to sell stuff. You need to make it back your investment. And the only way to get talked about stuff is sometimes to lie to people. And I don't like it. But I I don't know. It's. I mean, and again, I don't yeah. necessarily know if it was lying to. It. I mean, that trailer was three years ago. The game probably has had some tonal shifts in it from yeah three years ago to now. And what they showed is probably not, it's, it was probably more of a work in progress of this is the ideas we have. This is where we want to take this. We'll see if that's where we get to or not. Yeah, they probably thought they could do it too. I, 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 re- I rarely believe that like, so, like when they show vertical slice, like they didn't think that they might be able to do it. I just don't think from the gameplay we've seen that they did it. I don't know. I, I'll, we'll have to look at it more. Hopefully it's like more and more stuff comes out. We'll get, we'll get a better idea of what kind of game this is. I hope they have a beta or something and then we can jump on that and see what it actually is. Yeah, I feel like they would. I feel like Ubisoft's been doing a lot of betas lately. Yeah, yeah, like For Honor and stuff like that. Yeah, that oh, speaking of which... good. That was a damn good segue, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot it was the next thing on our... I was like, I was thinking about it. Like, I didn't realize it was the next thing on our outline. I was just like thinking about it. I was like, oh, other Ubisoft. Yeah, that For Honor game looks kind of cool. <laughs> That's why I said I didn't really. But uh, so the next thing we have our, uh, to talk about is uh, For Honor will have a campaign. I okay. <laughs> I, See, I was kind of surprised. I didn't know it didn't. I'm pumped about this. Yeah, no, they announced it originally as kind of having a multiplayer focus, kind of similar to like Rainbow Six Siege, where it's, yeah, it's mostly multiplayer. It's got some story-ish elements in it, but it's more just like you're you're big ass dude fighting this other big ass dude, and you're gonna fight each other. Yeah. But they kind of said that they'd gotten enough feedback and input that they wanted to adjust it and add some form of single player campaign to it. They didn't say what it was, so it might be something, you know, as pathetically small as Battlefront's campaign. Yeah. Nothing's better than something. No, I think that's kind of cool. I, You know, I keep hearing really, really, really positive buzz about that game. Like, oh, from uh, from journalists and stuff who've played it. Well, journalists, people who are paid to talk about games. But it's really funny, because I, I, I watch a lot of game trailers and, and stuff, and they were just talking about, like, one time they were going over the games of PSX and they're like, oh, uh, and uh, For Honor. Wait, did anybody play For Honor? Oh my gosh, For Honor was good. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just, I feel like Ubi has, like, I feel like Ubisoft has the potential to make a really, 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 really good game, but they put too much money into them to make great games 
B, they just need to make an average game that'll sell. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It's just they can't take the chance of like the amount of time it takes to do a good game because you have to do something pretty shocking or something dangerous to get like best games of all time. Yeah. Uh, this one's more. This one, uh, I think, Brad, you should you should talk more about this because I I really curious about ESPN just ESPN watcher reaction. So if you go to the ESPN site right now, there is currently a tab. If you so you go to ESPN.com, there's like a little. They show you like NHL, NBA, football. <laughs> <laughs> I was really wondering how long it was going to be. NFL ran out of sports leagues. <laughs> <laughs> you made it through two. I'm pretty impressed right now. Yeah, NFL, NFL, NFL. There it is. But uh, right there, they have like a little dot, dot, dot for like other leagues. So that'd be like uh, NASCAR or <laughs> other sports. <laughs> Brad, why am I talking about this one? Because this is way more entertaining than me just saying what it is. <laughs> anyway, so esports is on there. Esports, the esports is on the ESPN website. ES is esports is on the ESPN website. Talk. <laughs> What does this mean? Yeah, so I think this ES is crazy. So ESPN announced this earlier, and ESPN did a little bit earlier with, I think it was Dota. I don't remember if it was Dota or League of Legends, but they actually broadcast a couple tournaments like on TV uh, in 2015, kind of summertime. I don't remember what they were. I don't. Neither one of us are big people who follow esports, but basically no, it's no. what ESPN said is they said, okay, we're going to start partnering with these things, and we want to start having some coverage of this. We're going to hire a couple writers who are going to cover this as their job. So if you go to the eSports page, it is actually identical to what the NFL page looks like. It's got, you know, videos of people talking about stuff. It's got articles about what's going on. It's talking about the different mm -hmm. people who are involved in eSports. It looks and feels exactly like a page, just like you have teams at the top. It's got League of Legends, Dota, Heart, Hearthstorm, whatever the Hearthstone. name is. Oh, you know, Hearthstone, man. You know, you're the most popular. Oh, you have a video game. Just continue. It's Hearthstone. <laughs> Ouch, that was painful. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they cover, they're covering it exactly like they would anything else. And they kind of announced it similar to what they would do with, like, boxing coverage, if you pay any attention to ESPN, where they mm -hmm. don't talk about it at all 90% of the time. But when there's a big event, they get the boxing guy on to come talk about boxing. They said they're going to do some of that integrating into their normal programming as well, saying, okay, you know what? The big League of Legends tournament is coming up. Uh, let's get... ESPN's well, let's go to ESPN's uh, esports anchor so and so who's going to tell us about the League of Legends tournament. So they are going to actually do it as a sports league, and they're going to cover it in that same sense. So I don't know. I feel like it's a huge thing for esports. I don't follow it too much, but yeah. I feel like having that recognition from something like ESPN is big. I still find this all so weird. I. <laughs> I, to me, because to me, I guess the best way to describe it is because I don't see it as a sport, but I see it like a chess tournament. But this is this is like one of those things like I feel like we're kind of out of touch with because we don't do esports at all, and we don't do like like let's plays and stuff like that. It's just these things that I don't understand. That like I don't understand why somebody would want to watch an entire game played from start to finish by somebody. To me, that's kind of strange. Like, why wouldn't you? If you're spending a lot of time to watch it, why not just play it? And I also don't understand like why how there's like millions of people like there's sold out arenas in in South Korea doing StarCraft two tournaments. I just I don't understand it, but I, I guess I guess this is the only way to recognize it because I don't think there is another way to recognize it that we can really that anybody really has any idea. Because is it a sport? No, but it's more exciting than chess. So we need to sort of it, it's somewhere. Yeah, I look at it like poker. I mean, ESPN plays poker all the time. Oh, it's I guess very, that's true. 
it's a very similar idea where it's it's a game of skill, not necessarily a sport, so to speak. And again, ESPN oh. covers that. I mean, if ESPN, oh wait, they cover poker. I don't know if ESPN does. I know like Fox Sports and Fox Sports has that whenever there's not a Red Wings game. All right, if sports is covering, if sports channels are covering poker, they they cannot say a goddamn thing about putting on esports. Nobody should be complaining. <laughs> Nobody should be complaining if they show poker. I like mean, I, I, I thought this was like I thought this was like. Who was complaining about this? I thought there was like some ESPN anchors who were like tired of talking about esports. ESPN, is that not like, a thing? I, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I think this is weird, but I I I, I think this is weird because I just don't get esports, and I just feel like this is part of gaming that I just don't understand. And I've tried getting into it. I like watching videos, but when I try watching people play League of Legends, I'm like, what the hell am I watching? And I'm not even a guy who watches like I I just can't imagine like a League of Legends tournament on and like somebody who's just like trying to watch I don't know football or something and there's like a League of Legends game. I'm like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm really curious how the ESPN viewing audience is going to take the not take this, but you know just like react to this. I don't know. I mean, if you look at the amount of people who play Madden and stuff like that, there was a couple years where they broadcast Madden tournaments. I think that went over well. But I mean, that's oh, like, not. Yeah. That's not really what they're going for here. I mean, I could see them doing much more of like, okay, we're going to start like a Madden, start covering Madden leagues and things like that. Yeah. Or, or even like, to me, the, I don't know, again, I don't follow any of this stuff, but like the, the big Street Fighter tournaments and the big Smash Brothers tournaments, those make more sense to me than like League of Legends because I feel like it's yeah. easier for someone who's not into this to go, those two people are trying to beat the shit out of each other as opposed <laughs> to trying to figure out what the hell is happening in League of Legends. I do actually do watch the fighting game tournaments. I do like watching those a lot. I think those are a lot of fun to watch. So yeah, I guess I can see that. But yeah, man, League of Legends to me, I think is like crazy. Like I don't understand what's going on during those games. I actually had somebody sit down and explain, can you teach me how to play these games? They were like, just it was like an hour, two hour long explanation of how these games were played. Oh, with like and the I, amount of strategy that goes in. Yeah, I played it. I mean, yeah. I probably put eight or nine hours into League of Legends. Oh, I didn't know that. Point. Okay. Yeah, a couple of my friends were super into it. I'm like, oh, you got to start playing with us. I was like, fine, whatever. What the hell? I'll give it a shot. And it's, oh, you got to yeah. go down the certain lane and you don't go into the black until this point. And you make sure that you're out. Of, and there's just so much that goes into it. I mean, it's perfectly described as a chess match because it's all about trying to think of which strategy goes to counter this. You know, oh, they went two up, one down or something. Yeah, it was a long but, time ago, but anyway, but it's kind, of, but it's kind of like it's kind of like okay, we're gonna start showing chess to an audience who's never even heard of chess. Yeah, and that's and that's where it's weird, and I don't know how well it'll go over, but yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing that they're trying. I feel like this is gonna be like a developing story because uh, I, I feel like there's gonna be some like huge kickback, especially when they first when ESPN is gonna do like the first big tournament or something they're gonna show on TV. Like, I think well, like I said, really they did they did three or four of them last year. They did okay. they broadcast several tournaments last year. Oh, okay. Okay, so maybe this isn't super weird. So uh, I, I think that covered. was kind of the introduction for it, and apparently, I think it went well. I know they had fairly decent ratings on it, so I think that was just kind of ESPN's yeah. test out period of how how deep do we go into this esports thing. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, like when you look at like League of Legends tournaments online and stuff, they get like two million views, like concurrent viewers. Yeah. So I I could see that it could just be chasing an audience as well. Yeah. Uh, so, and it's worth whatever backlash they get from like normal viewers because they're gonna get a whole host of new people uh, watching ESPN. Yeah. Uh, next big news: uh, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle game by Platinum that's been kind of rumored. I think we talked a little bit about it before. Basically, there you know there was a ESBR notice for it. And that's how it got. It sort of got leaked slash announced. And now they actually showed some screenshots, and uh, it looks pretty cool. It looks actually it looks a lot like my first impression is 
oh, they're doing the Transformers Devastation thing, For but sure. this time with Teenage Mutant Turtles. Uh, sure. It looks like the same engine, looks has the same, not same art style, it's got, uh, it looks, actually looks a lot, like, from what I understand, I've been looking, I've been people talk about that, it's actually based on the, or at least heavily inspired by the comics. And I think Transformers Devastation actually started a new comic line, and that's what they're doing with this. Yeah, like, these are kind of like canon games. That's kind of cool. For whatever, yeah. I'm just curious, because Devastation was a full-out $60 retail game, right? Yeah. I'm really curious to see where they go with these, because I feel like that game probably would have done much better at a 20 or $40 price point. Oh, yeah, because for sure. Yeah. A lot of people, I think, didn't, because, I mean, it was six hours. I haven't played mm-hmm. it, but I mean, the general consensus is it's a six-hour single-player game with not a ton of rep- replayability. So I'd be yeah. really curious to see if now going forward, Platinum's going, okay, we're doing the same idea here. We sell this for $40. It's going to have a lot bigger buy-in. I would have bought that Transformers game right away for 40 bucks, 60 bucks. Uh, I wanted to, you know, wait it out. Yeah. I'm Yeah, I mean, we talked about this before. I'm really hoping that because Sony's going to start pushing that $40 game pretty hard, that other other devs start getting up because it's funny when people talk about uh, the Transformers game, everybody says like I mean they say they have like minor complaints, but like it's just a fun game. It's just a fun. Yeah. It's it's a Transformers Platinum game, and that's pretty much that's the only the only complaint is like there's some stuff, but it's not a sixty dollar game. So yeah, I, I kind of agree with you. That'd be kind of I'd be curious. I I guess it depends, and it depends on a lot of things. Like if this is like an arcade beat 'em up sort of thing. Then it's probably going to be like a forty dollar because I think the initial ESBR thing was actually from uh, Xbox Live. Yeah, and that's why I'm curious uh, if you go going the PSN Xbox Live route. I yeah. feel like might be a much better avenue for a game like this than the sixty dollar physical. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty. The game, the game, the, it's just the game, just in general, just looks kind of neat. I'm not a huge Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle guy, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle guy, so I, I don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, it just looks kind of cool. So I'll probably I'm like those are one of those things like I always just probably wait for a rental sort of thing because I'm just not really into it. But I can imagine I hope I, Teenage Mutant Turtles I know at the very least has a very sordid history with some really really good video games and some really really bad video games and hopefully it's somewhere in between. Next, I, I, Bayonetta two is coming. Is there? They're not re-releasing. I guess they're reprinting it without Bayonetta one, but now it's gonna. Yeah, uh, but it's basically just not gonna have Bayonetta one. And yeah. it's going to be just yeah, just Bayonetta two for thirty bucks. Is it thirty? It's thirty bucks. Yeah, thirty dollars yeah, okay. for Bayonetta two. Yeah, and that's kind of cool, mostly because it's a cheap Nintendo game. Yeah, so that's the weird thing is this doesn't happen with Nintendo games. Nintendo doesn't discount their games, and this yeah, is kind of the first time yeah. they've ever been like, "We're gonna do a big old price cut on one of our games. We're gonna make it fifty percent off, and just see what happens." Yeah, I, I think I, I'm. We we don't really get complaints because not a lot of people listen to us. But um, <laughs> uh, like one of the reasons we don't talk a lot about Nintendo games in general, uh, and I, kind of why we talk about PlayStation games is just because it's mostly it's, it comes down to money. Nintendo games don't go down in price. So Brad, you think you have how many PS4 games? About do you have? Like, I feel like a, digital, physical, and plus everything. Like I'm considering everything. Oh, uh, I believe my spreadsheet's around a hundred. Well, holy shit. Okay, well, I didn't think it was fig- that high. Okay, well, you figure two plus, at least two plus games for, what are we at, 18 months, 19 months? There's oh, okay, yeah, I guess 40 that's true. right there. So. Yeah, and like, you, you only have like a handful of Wii U games. Yeah, maybe 15. Yeah, but it, it comes down just to the price. Like, just 
especially like we don't talk about 3ds games because 3ds games are like forty dollars forever while yeah. you can get like on like on a vita you can just get a bunch of i'm saying these games i'm not i'm not arguing that the 3ds games are worse they're definitely they're definitely worth i'm sure they're worth their price uh they are but it's just nintendo for better or for worse i i can understand i think it's kind of neat that they have a premium on it but to me as a consumer when i can buy ps4 games for 10 15 bucks I don't think yeah. I'm going to pick up a Nintendo. I mean, I'll probably get an NX, but... <laughs> um... <laughs> yeah, and that's and you mentioned, that's the only reason I don't have a 3DS. I've almost bought a 3DS probably a dozen times, and every time I do, I go, well, I'll get this game, and that's 30 more dollars. And then I'll get this game, it's another $40. Whereas I got my Vita, and within three weeks, I had half a dozen games, because, yeah, I'll go get Uncharted, the Uncharted game that came out two years ago for $5. Yeah, I'll go get the Killzone game that came out a year and a half ago for... 850 because yeah. those games are more reasonably priced that's my thing and that's where it's kind of cool that nintendo's doing this i haven't bought bayonetta 2 because i didn't get it initially when it came out i don't remember why and well it came with bayonetta like, 1 and you had that didn't you yeah but but again still like i love bayonetta and it was just it ended up being like oh, i'll just wait for it to be on sale let's wait for it to be on sale and here we are a year year and a half later and it's finally on sale and i'm gonna buy it february 19th at 12.01 p.m because that's one of 30 dollars <laughs> yeah i i really i really i i know we i know we should talk about nx because we know nothing but i'm really curious if they're gonna start reacting because of prices because like ps flash sales and xbox i know has a bunch of sales as well i'm really hoping that they're gonna at least react to that i mean they don't have to go crazy i'm not saying like permanently smash bros is now 15 dollars go but do a flash sale every now and then go you know what this week we're actually going to put some money into this and this week we're actually going to try and get this to sell and it doesn't have to be crazy you don't have to sit here and permanently reduce the games but these games like don't even go on sale <laughs> it's yeah, rare to see yeah. a nintendo game on sale even <clears throat> regular 59.99 this week only 45 dollars that's rare yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like that's like Black Friday stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that's just crazy. And I think you can still put a premium on your games and have that reduced price at certain times so that consumers will be more apt to purchase them. I love my Wii U, but I, if I can if I'm going to pay Donkey Kong Top Tropical Freeze, the cheapest I have seen that game is $40. 35 yeah. maybe. Maybe a little less. But if I'm going to pay $45 for that, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, that game's two years old. Two-year-old games, I could go get Beyond Two Souls. I could get da 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 like, knock off, like, six games off of my games I want list. Yeah. Or I can get Donkey Kong. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing that sucks. Like, Donkey Kong is still a really damn good game. Oh, it's hell just yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just, I would, I, I would almost rather pay for three really good games than, than one, one great game. amazing Absolutely. game. And that's and where that's I am just... with all this Nintendo stuff. And I wish I'd played my Wii U more, like especially playing Xenoblade Chronicles. I forgot how much I love certain things about the Wii U. Mm-hmm. But it's just, yeah, yeah. Uh, l- last bit of news: uh, Hitman is going episodic, and we're going to try and make. I'll make this one really quick. I think this is actually kind of cool because I think I think a lot of people are really mad because Hitman, the Hitman games have, especially this one, they've been announcing a bunch of weird stuff. Like they're gonna have an intro pack, and then. You paid like thirty five dollars for, it and then you upgrade to a full version. And they had all this like, yeah, it was really strange. It was super strange. And sometimes like, or you pay sixty dollars, and it kind of works as a season pass, and you get like these like chunks of games. But what are they doing now? They're doing it basically as episodes, and each level is an episode, and it goes throughout the year. If you pay for the whole thing, the whole package is sixty bucks. And 
basically they're gonna do it like I don't like Life is Strange or something like that. Resident where... Evil Revelations. Yeah, yeah, like, no, exactly. The easiest connection. Yeah, and the thing is, I can see why people be really mad about this, especially because how Hitman, you know, Hitman has always been just like a complete package when it comes out. But to me, this sounds like they're doing Ground Zero episodes. Like, if I got a new Ground Zeroes every few months, like, that is awesome. Oh, yeah. That's a completely different thing. And I think Resident Evil kind of got away with this because they announced it as something different. You know what I mean? This isn't a mainline yeah. Resident Evil game. This isn't, yeah. main, this isn't Resident Evil 7. This is Resident Evil Revelations and Revelations 2. So this is going to be kind of more of an episodic style of this. I feel like yeah. the biggest backlash with this is this is the new mainline Hitman game, and it's the first Hitman game in, what, five, six years? It's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think that's the biggest oh, backlash to oh. it. Mm-hmm. I guess my my only issue with this is it just sounds like they have no clue what the hell they're doing. I feel like this game changes release style, date, packages, things. Every couple of months there's something like, oh, yeah, now it's going to be like this. Yeah, I, I, th- I think, I, I don't know, I... I don't want to talk too much about it because I know that Jim Sterling actually did a really, really good video on it. And if you want to learn more about the Hitman stuff, but it, it sounds like that Square Enix was really wishy-washy on like whether or not they wanted to make it episodic or not, or didn't, or did, and kept going back and forth. The thing is, I feel like that first episode is going to make or break this. Like we can talk all day. It's like, does it suck that Hitman is episodic? But if that thing is half as good as Ground Zeroes was, oh yeah, that's going to be like people are going to be on board immediately. So I'm really, I'm really hoping that I'm hoping. Everything they've said about it, it sounds a lot like Ground Zero. It's like, we're going to give you a single environment. You're going to have, like, your main story mission, like, a few main story missions. And then you're going to go through and do, like, all these side mission things just like Ground Zeroes. And Ground Zeroes did it really cool. Uh, so so I'm hoping that's kind of what it is. Yeah. And I feel like it's a style of game kind of like Ground Zeroes where it lends itself well to that. Because it's got the... You can kind of do whatever you want. You can approach this in a different manner. I feel like a game that's much more linear... Mm-hmm. These episodic ideas aren't going to work so well, but because you're opening this whole world up, you're saying, okay, Ground Zero, go ahead. Here's an AK-47. Run through, see what you can do. Okay, this yeah. time, here's your silence pistol, see what you can do. Okay, this time, go over here and try going through this back door this time and take these other things and do this other stuff with it. So there's enough content in that one level that, okay, we're just going to encourage replayability of this level as opposed to just saying, here's a 10-hour game, burn through all 10 hours put it on the shelf. Instead, here's an hour game. Play it for an hour. Try it a couple other different ways if you're really enjoying it. We'll give you another yeah. one next month. Like, I, I think that I think that this is actually really good. Uh, I, I have, like, no evidence of that, but if it, if it <laughs> does work like that, that'd be awesome. Like, I would just pick... Like, I'm never going to spend $60 on Hitman, but I might spend $10 like I did on Ground Zeroes. Yeah, just to every, play hit- 10 bucks every yeah, to- month to play Hitman. It feels, it feels much easier on the wallet. Yeah, sixty dollar game. It's kind of like no interest down. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like yeah, ten dollars once. If you like it, keep paying further installments. Otherwise, it's your try once and you get your money back. Kind of not really. At least you yeah. And Hitman seems kind of like a weird. I think Hitman. I think the last Hitman. Well, no, I guess the last Hitman sold a lot. So I don't. I don't know why they're doing it with Hitman specifically. Uh, so I guess we'll just see. I'm just really, really curious when that comes out. I might actually purchase it. I've never played a Hitman game. So I'm actually, really? I'm actually pretty, yeah, I, I, well, I've played, I haven't really, like, played, played, um, so I'm kind of curious. I think, I think I've got the same, I feel like I've played a couple of them for a couple hours here and there, but I guess I've never actually finished one, I don't think. Yeah, so, I mean, this, I mean, this might be for us, this might be for people who don't know a lot about Hitman and just, like, wouldn't spend $60 on Hitman immediately, but, you know, $10 to try it out, sure. Yeah, 
has to be better than the movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, real quick, Assassin's Creed movie wraps. I am surprised that movie even got made. Somewhere other that is officially a thing. Yep. So that was the Dark Sliders podcast. Uh, if you <laughs> if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at Darksliders underscore POD. Whatever you're listening to us on, you can probably subscribe to us on. We're on YouTube. We're on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. We're on Spreaker. We're on other stuff. We're on a lot of things. Whatever you listen to us on, just subscribe. Send us comments. We always like comments. We do read all of them. We respond to most of them because there's not a whole lot to respond to. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, like but if you, and thank you to those yeah. of you who have been because there are a couple of you guys who always say stuff. And we like it. And it's cool. Yeah. And yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think uh, there's a few people on Twitter. I, I guess I'll point out Jay. Jay always kind of gives us nice comments. I always like that. Uh, if you have any critiques too, I'd actually like to hear what you guys don't like. I'm I'm kind of more interested in what you guys <laughs> don't like. mean as you, you kind of dug is what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. So that was the Dark Siders podcast <laughs> with Doug and Brad. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye.